Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Are you ready? I'm re- I'm ready. You're still recording, right? Yeah. Everybody, this is <laughs> welcome to the terrible podcast. Take, I don't know, three. I'm gonna read the quote. Here it goes. I died as mineral and became a plant. I died as a plant and rose to animal. I died as a human. No, I screwed that up. We're gonna start again. Hey everybody, welcome to the terrible podcast. Here is today's quote. I died as mineral and became a plant. I died as a plant and rose to animal. I died as animal and I was human. Why should I fear? When was I less by dying? Yet once more I shall die human to soar with angels blessed above. And when I sacrifice my angel soul, I shall become what no mind ever conceived. As human, I will die once more. Reborn, I will with the angel soar. And when I let my angel body go, I shall be more than mortal mind can know. And that quote is by 13th century poet and mystic Rumi. Yeah, I think there's something so powerful about that quote because you're starting off as something maybe that we would consider incredibly basic. And then I love how it keeps it very open-ended that you don't know what's, you know, it's like one of those what's around the river bend. You don't know what's going to happen after this, but you have to just anticipate it's going to be something bigger and better. Yeah, that's that's for sure, especially because there is a mystery aspect involved. And the reason I chose this quote today was I had a friend who recently passed away. And I read this at his memorial service because, to me, it's a lot of people have, I mean, okay, so first you have to start with the mystery, right? When somebody dies, you have no idea what happens. But there's so many patterns throughout the world, and there's there's so many uh, different things we can look to. And most people just have this one idea because that's what they were taught when they were a child, whatever, like, religion tells them. So I just wanted to bring a different aspect to other people and kind of, you know, hopefully hopefully um, ease some people's suffering a little bit. And I think it's... But yeah, it's, it, it's always been a quote that, that just stuck out to me like that. It's just the cycles of life. Right. And I think that a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of fear a lot of times about the unknown or like the ending of a certain situation. And I think that's why people end up getting stuck in certain situations because they're, they're fearing what's going to happen next. Um, and I love that the quote just makes it seem like an end isn't just a definite end. It's a beginning of something that's bigger and better and it's more advanced and you're going to learn from what you did before. Um, and I think that's important to just kind of think in your head. Yeah, well said. And um, so what we're going to do now is explain a little bit about this podcast and what we do. This is the Terrible Podcast. My name is Brandon with a lovely co-host, Ashley. We're on East and West Coast. I'm in Connecticut. She's in Connecticut. California. And I'm sorry, what did I say? <laughs> yeah. You want me to be in Connecticut, but I'm in California. Yeah. <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> so uh, what we do every week is we correspond one of the tarot cards the minor arcana to the week and we are using summer for cups so it's like the summer of love and we've made it all the way through from the ace and now we are looking at what card today 
Uh, we are going to be looking at the Queen of Cups and the Hanged Man. All right. So we're looking at the Queen of Cups. I mean the King of Cups. King of Cups. We're looking at the King of Cups, everybody. Yes. And the Hanged Man. So if you um, are new to the show, I suggest going back to its episode, I believe it was, what, four where we started? So you can go back to the Ace of Cups or maybe it was episode three. Or you could just go back to the beginning and listen to, right from the beginning, our lovely show. Mm -hmm. um, but this way you can get caught up on all the cups and we also correspond one of the major arcana cards. So let's get started right now with the King of Cups. Yes. Okay, perfect. So what we normally do is I'll give a, a brief description of the card and then we kind of give our initial thoughts. We'll go into the different uh, images or symbols that we see in the card and then we talk about how it would apply to different types of readings. So um, Brandon kind of threw me for a loop here with the King of Cups being what we're talking about today. So I'm going to give a, a brief description. Uh, if I uh, Yes, just to break in really quick. Yes. Normally the way this the dynamic works is Ashley's the super prepared one. <laughs> and I'm the one who I just like will watch some podcasts and read some stuff and just have it all jumbling in my head. And then it just comes out better when I'm under the pressure. So I switched up the order of the court cards on her, and I emailed her, but I guess I sent her the wrong one. So today, she's just going seat of the pants, doing it Brandon style. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> you see if I'm like prepared I see if I or not. Hold up. You're like, wow. Yeah. And then you'll be like, wow, I'm pretty sure you'd be amazing at improv. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be careful. No. All right. So I'm looking at this card here, and um, on my card, there is like a light gray background, and in the center, you have this... Uh, darker gray throne with a figure sitting on it it's a male figure who has a yellow crown he's wearing like a yellow cloak and underneath there's a blue tunic he's sitting on this throne in one hand his right hand my, uh, looking me looking at it it's uh, our left he has a cup and on in his left hand our, on our right side he has like a scepter and then it looks like to me that his throne is kind of sitting in like an ocean or some kind of water source where there's waves um, and it's just sitting kind of solidly there. And then if I look in the background over on the like lower, our right hand side, to me, that kind of looks like a ship or something. Yeah. All right. Looks like some kind of old like pirate ship or something. Yes. So there's our description of the card. And if you want to see what it actually looks like, you can always Google it, Rider Wait Tarot, King of Cups, or you can look at our Instagram, terrible Two. Uh, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L -L and the number two. Brandon updates it every single week so you can see the cards that we're looking at. And his card quality is way better than my card quality. So um, you actually get to see all these different colors and things will probably pop out a lot more. All right, let's look at this card. What are your initial thoughts here? Initially, anytime I see somebody seated, especially when it's a royal figure, it just shows that they're displaying this comfortability with power so you see that really well here especially the way he is looking because it's not like a direct stare like the emperor mm -hmm. he's kind of just looking off to the side and acknowledging you just kind of like a what's up bro mm -hmm. and he's holding his cup in one hand and scepter in another and yet they're really comfortable he has him down like basically on his lap he's not up or down you know he's not flailing him in the sky so to me this just looks like comfortability with power yeah, I would agree with you. Um, if I'm just looking at it uh, for the first time, which I feel like I kind of am, um, he looks very stoic, a little bit more serious, not necessarily as playful, but it's not this intense stare like um, 
what you're right, like that we got from the emperor where I felt like I was in trouble or something. Um, I think that there's a nice balance here because he is seated on the water, but the stone throne seems very solid in the center. So I'd say like there's a nice balance there. I feel like this doesn't feel overtly masculine. So for me, it's not giving off that like macho, like manly type of of vibe, which I think is a nice tie-in to talking about cups because cups as we've talked about for the last several weeks, are about emotions um, and intuition and feelings and love. And I think a lot of times those are not necessarily masculine characteristics or things that we would define as overtly masculine. Yeah, and I also think there's a really good balance here between them, the energies, the masculine and the feminine. That's And it's why he doesn't stand out so masculine like the emperor mm -hmm. like we just talked about because so he is surrounded by these waves he has a scepter in one hand a cup in the other so it's basically like he has a phallus and he has you know he has the male symbol in one and a female in the other and he's just holding them right at his side so it really demonstrates that equality and that balance of power and then i like how you have the fish in the background mm -hmm. jumping Yep. And then the fish around his neck. So what is that? The fish in the, that's jumping in the background. What's that? How are you picking that up? How do you interpret that? That's so funny that you even said that because I didn't even notice that until you just said that there was a fish in the background. Um, I saw the <laughs> fish around his neck, but I'm, I'm guessing that um, I would say if I'm looking at it, it looks like the fish is jumping out of the water. I'd say it's like breaking through kind of those emotions to be able to express them and not being kind of overshadowed or covered by them. Um mm -hmm. And being able to express them like out in the open. And how do you think it correlates to the fish on his neck? When I think, when I look at the fish on his neck, it reminds me of, um, oh my God, what it's, I can't think of the name of it now, but you know the story where the man wears the albatross around his neck and it's like mm -hmm. a symbol of like ownership or whatever, like I, like a conquering of it, but it's also like, you know, um, his, like lot in life to have to be able to wear that. I'm looking at that and it's like, um, it, so why don't you give a brief description of the story for someone who hasn't heard of it? Oh before? my God. No, see, don't make me do that. I can't do that. I literally like, uh, you're, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. <laughs> um, so I believe the story, if I can go back to my high school literature classes <laughs> is this man's on a boat and he, um, kills this albatross and then he has to wear it around his neck as like a symbol. Um, and honestly, that's really kind of all I remember about it. Uh, okay. I'm so sorry to all of my high school literature teachers. Um, but I think the fact that I'm able, able to recall that that's, that's probably positive. Um, but if I'm looking at this card and I see the fish around, well, what do you think the story means to you though? That's the fact that he, he took the life and now he has to represent it. Or what do you, what do you think? Um, I think it's one of those sometimes you you perform a certain action and you don't think about the consequences and those consequences oh, gotcha. can okay. be, um, you know, can exceed far longer than just that initial action. And then sometimes it's like what you think you want to do, but it's not necessarily the best thing for you. Or I also see it as like a conquering of nature, overtaking of nature. And I think that humans have an ability to do that, unfortunately, very easily. And um I'm not necessarily well, at this point in time for sure, right. yeah, but not always. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm looking at this, I don't, I'm not necessarily seeing like a, a significant tie in there, but I'm seeing as though if I'm talking about a fish and I'm talking then about the fish over on the left hand side at the bottom, that's jumping out. And I'm saying that 
the fish, let's say, is a representation of this uh, emotions or or any kind of feelings, the fact that he's wearing it and displaying it around his neck shows that he has like a conquering of that or he's been able to um, master being able to talk about his feelings and um, not let them overtake him. Yeah, I like that. So he, it goes back to the balance thing where he's in control, which is nice because he is the king. So if you think of how, uh, what a king represents mm-hmm. and the suit is cup. So this guy is master. He's at that level and he's representing, he's representing the masculine energy of, because he's the king of the cups and the emotions and all that and go with the cups. But like we said, it's a really, really nice balance. So it's not overtly masculine. And it even appears feminine, like you said, definitely, especially with all the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, I'm sorry. Just to go back, the name of it is called The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And because I was like, what is the name of that? I knew if I just sat for a minute and be able to talk about it. But that's what I was talking about. That's what I was referring to with the albatross on his neck. And it was an albatross. So I'm, like, really surprised that I even remembered that. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. look at me. All right. So what were your thoughts about the fish jumping out of the water and the fish around his neck? Um, I really like what you said about that. I, and I noticed the fish right away, but I couldn't get an interpretation on it. So that's why I asked you about it. And then, so after you said what you said, going off of that, I think he is proud of the fact that he can't express his emotions. And that's exactly why he's wearing it around his neck. He wants people to know that he conquered this because sometimes you conquer something or sometimes you have an achievement or something you do and you it's just something for yourself Mm -hmm. and you keep it but since he's mastered those emotions he realizes that he can set an example for people and say listen i've mastered my emotions look at me i'm comfortable chilling here uh by the beach or whatever you know Mm -hmm. sitting down comfortable and you could be doing this too look and i think that there's we should also maybe draw attention to the fact that the fish on the lower left hand side is blue which i have i have talked about how the blue for me is representation representational of like emotions and feelings but the fish around his neck is yellow almost like if it was like cast in gold or a representation of something that he did catch so it's not necessarily those emotions anymore it's like that he's exceeded that and wants to display it Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, do you know what I do love, though, is that, because you kind of already jumped into the symbols here on the card, talking about the scepter and the cup, I obviously didn't even make that connection. My only observation, though, that, and maybe it's just the perspective on the card, is I wish that the scepter was, like, a little bit lower so that it gave that really nice balance of them being on the same plane. And looking mm-hmm. at the card right now, it looks like the scepter is just a little bit higher um, which I'm not necessarily cool with. But again, I think it could just be the perspective of the way that he's, he's seated on the card. Yeah, all, well, see, it they did draw it higher, but also the cup is closer to you, though. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of just showing that there's a balance all over. It's like a, a three-dimensional thing, you know? Yep. It's like front, back. So, But yeah, and especially because he's the king, so maybe he's given a little more to the masculine, but that not that there's anything wrong with it because maybe you have to use that masculine energy inside you and that's what you need to express um, express better to get that fish around your neck. And I think you that know, there's something to be said about uh, a lot of these masculine ideals and not being able to verbalize feelings and things like that. 
And maybe for him it's higher because he obviously does have more of that masculine energy, but he is capable of identifying his feelings and understanding where they're coming from and using them, but he has a a logical sense of being able to express them appropriately. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's look at his tunic. It's blue. What were your thoughts on that? Um, You were just talking about how blue represents emotions Mm -hmm. so i feel because it's cups and he's the king of cups it's just his base that's what he's that's what he's um his normal garb and then on top that's just the fancy stuff so i would say all the time he's he just represents this emotion and since he's the king he represents that conquering and that mastering of that emotion like we said so not even as a person who did it but he could just represent the idea of doing it itself Mm -hmm. and the idea that it's what's most important, you know, because it is, it's what he's wearing underneath. So it's more for himself, I guess you could say. So it's something he did for himself. And then the outer shell of what he's wearing uh, would be more for his public display. And, you know, when he's in a, uh, a formal setting, I likened the, his outfit to, you know, we've talked about how cups are representational of the water signs. So Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, um, which would be a crab, a scorpion, and a fish. And so when, if I'm like thinking of a scorpion and a crab specifically, they have this hardened shell, right? For a, a scorpion, it would be an exoskeleton. For a crab, it would obviously be the shell. But inside is that soft part. And that's what I'm looking at, what I feel like Uh, when I see him and the way that he's dressed. Inside, you see those emotions, but he's covering them with something like uh, a cloak or um, some kind of um, cape to kind of protect himself from those soft inner parts. But you can still see that he is very emotional. He is deeply feeling. Um, So I love that they chose blue for the color of his outfit because it made it seem like he's very in touch with his feelings and his emotions, but he is capable of them, like I said, covering them and kind of having more control. Yeah, and also protecting them too. That's what that could symbolize, just like the, like a shell of a crab. Mm-hmm. But also we have to remember the balance. He's not totally covering it. Like you said, he is displaying it. You could still see it, but he has it covered. So it's a great balance. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Now going back to that fish, if we're looking at the location of it, I mean, obviously it's sitting around his neck, but it almost looks like it's covering his heart. Oh, yeah. The location right right in the center of his chest like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Love it. Okay, let's look at his throne. Or like even coming right up out of his heart. Right. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's look at the throne here. Uh, What were your thoughts on the throne? It's, I like how it's stone Mm -hmm. and it's immovable. So it looks like it's in these turbulent waters. So it just goes back to this whole idea of him being able to master his emotions so he's in this rocking ocean with all these waves and and sea but he's found this temporary permanent well not nothing's i'm sorry temporary permanent um this permanent ish throne so something he could sit down and be comfortable with his emotions with while everything else is like so you see the ship in the background that could represent other people being unstable and just like rolling um, at the mercy of the tide basically So I I like how it's that rock. It's that foundation. I love, um, I agree. And I think that that gives the illusion of having that control um, over 
you know, the emotionality and riding these waves of emotion, it's not going to necessarily move. I also really appreciate that the throne, with the exception of the bottom part of it, which is like the base, it's not as angular as some of the other thrones that we've seen. There's more of a curved feature to it, especially like mm-hmm. on that back part or where his hand is. And it that makes it for me seem more soft, even though it is made out of this hardened material. It doesn't seem as... Um, aggressive or uh, sharp. It just gives more of that illusion of like, even though there's this solid thing in the middle of this ocean or water source or whatever, it's still kind of flowy and nice. Yeah, it looks more natural. It's like you said, think of rounded edges versus squared edges. And if you step back and, and look at this card, the back of the throne also looks like it could be his collar. You know how mm-hmm. sometimes the kings wear these giant... Uh, you know, these crazy capes. So it could be like that big Elvis collar Mm -hmm. in it, but it's also part of the protection. So it's protecting his blind side. So he's very vigilant and he's looking around, but behind him, he has this protection. That's part of the throne. And see, I was going to say, because I was really hoping you were going to say this. I was like, oh my God, say it, say it, say it. And you didn't. But um, (laughs) I was going to say, not necessarily like a a collar, but it also could look like a shell. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I was trying to figure out what exactly it looked like. But yeah, it could be like him poking out of a shell like a hermit crab or something. Yeah, it made me honestly think of um, that Birth of Venus by Botticelli where Venus is standing in the shell and she's like emerging from the ocean. Um, obviously, it's a very different story. Uh, but let's look now at the the ship in the bottom right-hand corner. You said you thought that was people? Um, in that context... I felt like it could represent the turbulent water mm-hmm. that some people would have to navigate to get to where he is. So this could represent other people in someone's life that doesn't have it together. And also since cards could represent people and specifically the court cards, mm-hmm. this could represent somebody in your life who does have it together and somebody maybe you should look to for guidance, somebody that is in touch with their emotions and has it on display. And you could be that, you can be in that ship in the background, that red ship just rocking around at the mercy of the ocean, you know, seeing these fish jump up, (laughs) but go right, but you know, they're only up there for a second, then they're beneath the waves. So I, I, uh, I, that's kind of how I'm looking at the ship. I think that's such an interesting perspective because I took it as like, Uh, very much relating back to him in terms of perhaps that is the way that he, that was the journey he took to get to the throne. Boats and hose. Yeah. That's what you're going to (laughs) say. This guy's got plenty of boats and behind him, they're all the hose. You just can't see him. And so, you know, that, that ship is kind of going through these turbulent waters and it brought Mm -hmm. him to this place where he can feel a little bit more secure and have ownership of those feelings and thoughts. Um, and now it's off in the distance because he doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, and to add to that, I think that it's great that he's there by himself because this is a journey that I believe is something that is an individual journey. People do have to figure out their own way to this journey. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times there's a misconception and people think there's one way. We'll just sign up. It's all one way. It's fine. We'll just come here, you know, pay us 20 bucks a month or read this book. All the answers are here. Um, I think a lot of that stuff can help, but I don't think there is one answer for every, anybody to get to the throne. You got to figure it out on your own. Yes. And everyone's journey could be different. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most like we've said before a couple times that saying that's the um, the way there are many ways to the top of the mountain, but the view is always the same. Mm -hmm. It's that same kind of thing. I love that. Um, Okay. So I don't think there's anything else I want to point out specifically on this card. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about specifically? Um, I, I, the only other thing that sticks out, maybe I'll ask your idea about this is his feet. Cause we've seen feet before. And a lot of times you have that right foot forward with these, with these noble people. Like even mm-hmm. think of the, uh, the Lincoln Memorial, you know, that's one thing I like to tell people is, um, if you look at the Lincoln Memorial, you can compare it to the emperor, the card of the emperor. Mm-hmm. And what are the implications of that? You know, it's like really kind of scary when you think about it, but, um, you know, why would somebody paint Abraham Lincoln in that light? It's crazy. Know your real history, everybody. Um, but <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. What do you think about his feet? And then the fact also that they're green. See, for me, looking at it now, um, they almost look like scaly. So I'm just tying that back into the fish. And then it, that for me, it looks like a strong stance on that throne. Again, that like um, ownership or that being able to conquer those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I like how his sense they look scaly. It's it could represent the journey that he had to, you know, the journey that got him there. He had to get these scaly feet. He had to get his feet wet. Mm-hmm. And it also looks because he's putting his foot forward. He's not afraid to get his feet wet. That's what he's showing you. You know, yep. you have to be able to get into the waters. Okay, let's move on to talking about if we pulled this card up for a general reading. What do we think? I kind of touched on it a little bit before when I talked about the person it could represent in your life. So I'll just build on that more. Um, if you're in a general reading, I could find out if the person is experiencing some issues with their emotions. And most people are one way or another. So I could just point them to somebody, you know, look at somebody in your life or even somebody that it could be somebody in history. It could be, uh, you know, favorite historical figure, somebody that maybe had this together, it could be somebody on TV, you know, um, and then try to find out what they did to get there. And also, if you are admiring somebody, look at the qualities and what are these qualities that you admire about them? What are their your favorite things, whatever they do? And then ask yourself why, mm-hmm. you know, these, these are all things that I think these are all pathways into leading it to self-knowledge. You could just start to break things down instead of just leaving them on a surface level. So um, especially if it's like a character in a TV show, you're like, why do I like this person? Then you could just start to relate to what's going on. And then you could learn more about yourself because like if they're a murderer and you like that, then you're like, wait a minute, this guy's raping and murdering and I like him. Maybe there's <laughs> issues in my life. All right, grandma. So <laughs> I love Ramsey Bolton. All right, grandma, listen. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Um, so if I had this card come up in a general reading, um, I think that initially I probably would say that I would try to liken it to someone in that person's life. For me, the court cards are a great opportunity to bring in specific people in someone's life or that they could meet or they already know. And this would be looking for someone who, unlike what we talked about last week, who was the page, who was a little bit younger. This is somebody that's not going to be as young. I'm not saying that this person is going to be like 70 years old, but it's somebody a little bit more mature. And that maturity gives them that ownership of being able to have a nice balance between the creative and the logical side of themselves. And maybe this is somebody that they could look to for advice. 
to be able to say like, hey, maybe, you know, you can't do things this way. Maybe you need to try and do it that way instead of being ruled by your emotions, um, which is, I feel like what we talked about a little bit last week. And, or if you don't feel like there's that person in your life, maybe it's looking for somebody like that to be a mentor for you, or it's an opportunity for you to become that person. Um, You know, I don't subscribe to only identifying with feminine people or, you know, women or things like that. I often seem to identify with, you know, across the board with a whole bunch of different people and characteristics and traits and things like that. And so for me, if I pulled this card and I couldn't identify someone in my life, um, and this was supposed to be like my present situation, I might say that this is an opportunity for me to look at what I'm doing and how I'm acting and try and take that perspective of balancing out um, being ruled by my emotions versus being ruled by this logical kind of rule left-brained side. Yeah, I, I love that. And to add to that, I could say that we have to acknowledge that everybody's different. Everybody looks at things differently. So mm-hmm. sometimes there's aspects about yourself you can you could certainly change, but sometimes there's just ways you have a viewing things that you there's only so much you can do with. So because of that, you can find another person who's different than you, but looks at things in a different way. And instead of having a disagreement about it you can use that in a positive light and I think that's a great representation of what we do with this podcast and it's funny that today you're the one who's like a little unprepared so we're like out of our roles a little bit Mm -hmm. but we're we're just displaying how the differences work well together you know you you're prepared usually you have everything ready I'm more of fly by the seat of my pants but it doesn't you know I don't I'm not bothered because you have all these notes and you're not bothered because of this we're using our positives together in a in a positive way and I think that's what a lot of people um especially these days they're so focused like on things on social media and what's going on and people they you're fo- everyone is focusing on each other's differences and they think it's a negative thing well sometimes having differences is good if you can figure out how to use it in a positive sense Right. And I think it gives a nice balance. And I think that you were really, you were spot on by saying about these different perspectives. Um, I think that there's, there's almost a sense of being um, like you're reaching your highest potential if you're able to converse with people who have different points of view and learn from them. And you're able to kind of look at things from multiple perspectives, as opposed to just seeing things as very one-sided, which is your way or the highway. Yeah, um, you also have to think, too, when you see things one-sided, especially if it's a narrative or an idea that you did not come up with on your own. If it's an idea, say you saw it on TV, it's like a political thing, right? You know, I hate this guy because of this. Well, was that something you came up to your research, or was it something you just saw on TV and everyone's saying it, so you're saying it to fit in? Right. Um, so and it's really easy to create divide from there, uh, you know, so... And it's, it's, it just, you know, it feels good to get swept up in it. I was just talking to this guy yesterday and we were getting involved. He was trying to get me involved in a conversation that is like that. And I just was not biting on it. I'm just like, yeah, like I just kept trying to show other sides. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get into it too much. Yeah. I just think it's great to remember it, it takes a village. It takes everybody. It's differences, but using those differences in conjunction to get to where you need to go. Exactly. All right, let's move on to if this came up in a love reading. What do you think? This would be a really good card to come up in a love reading. Mm-hmm. 
even if your love life isn't going well, because we could just bring it back to what we were saying about the general reading and twist it around a little bit and say that if you're not in control of your emotions, if you're not balancing and you don't know yourself, you can't look to somebody else for that balance in your life. You have to do it on your own. You know, think of a, a house of cards or anything that you're stacking. You have to have a good base or, you know, if you're stacking, um, yeah, a house of cards is a perfect example. You can't just get one card and then put one other card on top of it and expect that it's going to, it's going to balance. I mean, you might be able to balance it for a while, but eventually it's going to fall over. So if you could build that stable foundation of yourself and then, uh, as a individual and then a relationship would be the next step on that building mm -hmm. block. You would build with somebody else who would also has this solid foundation. I thought that if this came up for a relationship, I'm obviously going to give the two perspectives of if you're single versus if you're in a relationship, if you're in a relationship, it, to me, it looks like a nice balance of being able to not, again, not be ruled, ruled solely by emotions, but you kind of are still able to verbalize what you're feeling and your thoughts. Um, so like good communication between the two of you and kind of getting to this point where you both are able to talk to each other in a way that's like respectful and appropriate, but also understand that you're not going to always see eye to eye on things. And I said that if you're single, this would be kind of, uh, again, like you just said, having that ownership of your own thoughts and feelings and emotions and growing as a person and then being ready to find the person who would be a nice compliment to that and knowing you're ready to have that type of relationship with somebody I think most of the time though people want to be like well what does that mean when am I going to meet them it's like well pump the brakes um, yeah yeah okay let's move on to if this came up in a career reading what do you All think right, so Oh, you go first on this one. Okay, so I said that this would be really, really positive um, in terms of this would give you, if I pulled this in a career reading, which I've talked frequently about how I'm always kind of, my card of the day always seems to be focused on career. If I pulled this in a career reading, it would for sure be, I feel like you'd about to be recognized or acknowledged or appreciated for something that you've done um, in a very positive way. And something like you'd get like that promotion or that acknowledgement you've reached that achievement. And um, so it would be a very positive thing if you're finally getting that recognition that you feel like you deserve. If I had to pick a career for this, I would say um, a doctor. So anything in the medical field. Because again, it gives you that kind of emotionality portion of it, of dealing with people's emotions and thoughts and feelings. And then also that logical aspect of it. Maybe this would tie in a little bit better with a nurse. Um, I think a lot of times doctors are seen as just super logical and and nurses are seen as super emotional so maybe it's the balance of those two mm -hmm. yeah i like that all right what were I your could... thoughts in a career reading all right so first i would say if this came up in a career reading that this could represent a block if you're having so if you're having a problem in your career or there's something holding you back this could represent that Maybe you have to get in touch with the way you feel about it, mm -hmm. about your actual what you're doing. So maybe you're trying all these things at your job and the problem is it's just the job that's not right. It's not, you know, so it's not a problem really with the job, but it's just that you don't, 
it's not something you really want to do with your life. You just think that it's something maybe that you have to do or that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something else that you should be doing. So you have to get in contact with your own emotions and figure that out. I think that that kind of introspection is very important, especially in when you're talking about your job, because a majority of your life, the exception of obviously like sleeping and stuff, you do spend doing whatever it is you're going to be doing as a job. And I think people just kind of fall into these roles and just accept it and then don't actually spend time thinking like, is this really what I want to do? And obviously there's differences and can people move outside of that realm into something else? But, you know, if you can, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Yeah. And another thing I see people will have. So if somebody wants to stop drinking, for example, say they feel they're drinking too much. Um, well, they, so the, what they'll do is they'll just try to stop drinking. But what I think you should do in relation, especially in relationship, especially to your career, I can say in my own life when I had a career before that I was making a lot of money and uh, I was, felt like I was really successful in this career. But I would go out on the weekends and party and drink and stuff. So it was like an escapism. So I was just trying to escape. And most of my activities outside of work were forms of escapism. So mm -hmm. if I try to stop that behavior at that time, you know, if I tried to stop whatever this escapism was without changing my job, it would have made me more stressful. So this was just the way it was a balance. So uh, what was going on in my career, I wasn't, it wasn't something I really wanted to do. So if it's something you don't want to do, technically you're like a slave to this thing, right? So you're doing this just to pay your bills. And so mm -hmm. you can have all this money. So that's, how I felt, I just didn't realize it. So this is why I was going out on the weekends and partying and doing all these. I had like I have motorcycle and you know drive around really fast and all this stuff. So I think that's <laughs> what it was. So when people talk about that, they have these problems like I drink too much and this and that. It's like I, you know, is it, it that's just a symptom? You have to really get to that. So that would be a lot to lay on somebody in a reading. So that's kind of why I <laughs> stumbled in the beginning a little bit, like. Um, so I, it, and, and if you're somebody who is interested in the tarot and becoming a reader, you have to know that you can't always, you got to be tactful when you cross these situations. Sometimes the cards are for you. So if you can figure this out about that person then you can say, okay, I know that that's the issue. And then you just start baby steps with them. Think about how you got out of it. You know, I didn't figure this out overnight. It took years. <laughs> you know? Right. So, but since I've been through it, I can... Maybe if this person seems interested in this, I could feed, you know, give them shortcuts that I learned along the way to save them time. And they just got to figure it out for themselves. That's all. Exactly. All right. I feel like we've, we've talked enough about this card. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Let's move on then to our major arcana card of the week, which is the Hanged Man. And I am way more prepared for this one. So I have all my, my notes ready here. Let's give a brief description of what's going on here. Um, if I'm looking at the card, I have a gray background. And then straight in the center of the card, I have this, what I'm going to identify as like a T shape. So there's a branch going across the top and then a branch coming down the center in the bottom. And on that branch that's going down the center... I have this human figure. Its right foot is attached up at the top part of that T, and they're hanging upside down, so foot up at the top, head down at the bottom. 
they're wearing um, like red tights, a blue tunic, and they have this yellow um, uh, halo around their head. But their feet are kind of, that one foot is attached up at the top and then the other leg is bent and the foot is behind the other leg. Kind of like a figure four, but an upside down figure four. Um, again, if you want to see what this looks like, look at our Instagram or you can check it out on Google. Just search Rider Weight Tarot, The Hanged Man. All right, let's jump in. What do you think? What are your initial thoughts? Uh, initially, I always, it's funny because I always put this card when I'm ordering my deck. I always put it upside down because when I'm just throwing it through, it just seems like you should be facing up. Mm -hmm. So that always throws <laughs> me off. But I've, I've, I've been, since I saw this card, I strongly identified with it. I've really mm -hmm. always liked this card. And I think it's because it represents, it looks like someone who just doesn't give a shit. You know, they're just like <laughs> doing their own thing. They're just hanging. They're enlightened. They got that, the enlightenment, their hair is upside down. They don't care. Their hands are behind their back. So they're, they're being a little mischievous, maybe in what they're doing. You don't know if they're tied up or if they're just crossing their fingers or what's going on. So I like that about this card. It just, it just screams like rebellious or rebellion to me. I love that the face looks totally unconcerned. Um, yeah, you know, I exactly. think we've had this conversation before about the name of the card. And when I first got introduced to this deck, the idea of picking up a card that would be called the hanged man, it's almost like not even looking at the, the illustration here or the like drawing, just the name of it, it would be like, oh, why would I want this card in a reading? It has such a negative connotation. But my initial thoughts that I wrote down are looking at things from a different perspective or a different point of view. Um, sometimes the unexpected or opposite viewpoint is actually the truth. So just tying back into what we were saying about the King of Cups, like this is a, an opportunity to kind of look at things from a different perspective to kind of get insight on either your life or certain situations. Perfect. So let's look at the different aspects of this card. The first thing I want to talk about is this halo around their head. What are your right. thoughts? For that, uh, that just really symbolizes enlightenment. And then when I say enlightenment, that means so many things or some people might not even have an idea what I mean. And then some people might think that it has this crazy, just spiritual um, connotation where it, it just means we're just talking about the spiritual realm and the soul. But what mm -hmm. I mean by enlightenment is that he has, he's using all this knowledge that he's gained about the world around him in a positive way. And he has wisdom about what's going on. So he, he can see clearly everything that's going on and he has a great perspective. Like you said, he's upside down. So he has this, his, this unique perspective on what's going on, but he's not in the dark about it. He's enlightened. He has the light, the knowledge. I literally use the same word enlightenment. And I said that there again, by looking at the way that he's hanging here by that one foot, he's not bothered by it. And that halo is showing that because he knows all these different perspectives or he can look at all these different points of view, he knows there's nothing to be worried about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Um, all right, let's look at his body language. So, and I'm using him, but it could be a her, you know. Um, let's look at his, their body language. The arms are behind their back and the leg being bent behind the leg that's attached to the T. I think it's a shout out to the six pointed star. People would call it the star of David, but really what it is is two triangles 
interlaid on top of each other in a perfect manner to display uh, an old esoteric display mm-hmm. of the masculine and feminine working together. So that's what I see. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, honestly, like for me, that doesn't show something necessarily super relaxed. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the, the other card. We're going to look at that kind of body language. And for that one, I had a lot stronger of a stance on. This one just kind of shows the lack of, if I'm thinking of someone hanging by their foot, um, the fact that their leg is bent behind the other one, it, it just looks a little bit more relaxed. But with the arms behind their back like that, it just kind of looks like if you turn it to the side, it just looks like they're like hanging out, chilling mm-hmm. on, on a branch. So again, giving that like relax, not worried, just at peace with their their kind of position and the way that they have to look at things right now. And if I'm looking at the face now, the face does look a little bit feminine as I'm like inspecting it. As you start to identify with this card, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> As I like literally was like, why would I want this in a reading? Um, okay. Let's look at, oh, wait, that was one of the things I said. Look at the face. Um, and my thoughts on the face were, again, it looks super relaxed. Um, different than the face of the King of Cups that looked a little bit more serious. This just kind of looked like at peace. It's yeah, not unbothered, happy. Or, like we were yeah. saying, unaffected by what's going on around him, which goes back to where we talk about um, the concept of never get offended, never mm-hmm. take anything personally. That's he's someone that's doing that. Just yep. chilling. Yeah. And I think that be, that kind of just that peaceful nature, um, it just goes back to the fact that like, maybe we've talked about this before with the, um, strength card where if you took a snapshot beforehand or afterwards, you don't know what you would see. So maybe before this, you did see some kind of struggle, with this figure in the way that he's positioned. And now he's just like, it is what it is, which is something I feel like I say all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, this could also represent a perspective that he has that. Um, so if you think about how people historically, there have always been people who have been persecuted. There's been a lot of people who have been ahead of their time for one reason or another, or they see the reality of what's really going on around them. And when they try to tell their people, they think they're crazy. So this could represent that perspective that somebody gets, you know, like Neo, for example, in the matrix, he wakes up to this crazy knowledge of what's going on. Imagine if he had to go back inside the matrix and live his life. And he's trying to like talk to the guy at the water cooler about how they're all in, 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 you know, in the simulation, they're mm-hmm. going to think he's crazy, but he just has this perspective now. It's something he came across on his path and the way his face is, he's okay with it. He's all right. And that's ties in with the enlightenment too. He has this enlightened perspective and maybe it's not something like you said, it was a struggle at first because he gained this, he gained this uh, perspective and then he was in denial about it, but now he's okay with it and he's unaffected and he's just, whatever anyone says, he's like, whatever (laughs) it is, what it is. What am I going to do? All right. So if I'm looking at the car, did you have any thoughts on the fact of what he's hanging on this like T shaped tree? I love that. It's a tree Mm -hmm. because trees always, I always think of the tree of Kabbalah, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge. It's that ancient, uh, you know, you think druids and the ancient ways in the, the lighter times. So that's what I think about. Mm-hmm. 
I like the here? kind of natural um, aspect of it to show for me it just shows that that has more of the control here whereas when we talked about the king of cups and i brought up how humans can kind of overtake nature this just kind of gave a like he gave into this and this natural thing is what's kind of dictating what he's doing i mean and if we want to get really into it uh, no i'm going to get into it with the next one the kind of christian overtones here because you'll definitely see it in the other interpretation of the card yeah yeah okay we can all do right that. So um, I don't have anything else I wanted to point out in terms of specifics for this card. So I'm ready to move into if this came up in a general reading, what would you think? If this came up in a general reading, um, you know, I would just I would try to find out the unique perspective on the world that this person could hold. So maybe there's somebody who is at the beginning of realizing they have a unique perspective and they're at the beginning of realizing that they're right. Because a lot of times I've had perspectives that I thought may have been wrong and maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm just crazy. Why does everybody else feel this way? Maybe it's me. So this could symbolize the person starting to be okay with that and starting to figure it out. So I would go in there. I would go dig to there and find out what they have a unique perspective. And maybe it's something I could learn or maybe it's something I already have a similar perspective and I could build a little bit of commonality there and mm -hmm. you know go from there for a general reading i said pausing to reflect um so learning from your mistakes or letting go of control so i love the idea of this and as you just said now i'm identifying with this card i think now there's something so powerful about it i think as people get older they can identify with more of the cards that maybe initially would have these negative connotations like the hermit for me or the fool or now the hanged man. Um, mm -hmm. I said life being on hold, but for a reason. So it's kind of making sure you have clarity in your place in life and what's important before you move on to something else. So maybe looking at things from a whole bunch of different perspectives and then it's, you know, not having your like, living in these daydreams or these unrealistic aspects of life your head is not in the clouds literally his head is pointed down towards the earth mm -hmm. so like it, get your head down and kind of look at something from a different perspective instead of just being this dreamer yeah and like you said he's it's more earthly and it's he's on wood so right he's, he's being he's grounded and i love the fact that you brought up the hermit the fool and the hanged man because those three, it's like a cycle that you could just use to represent any any kind of self-knowledge or mastery of knowledge or any kind of gaining of wisdom because first you're the fool, you know, and then when you do find out, you become the hermit because you're like, oh man, I whatever it is, I know it's you're different from the people around you. You might want to hide because of it. You might not relate to them the same way you say it anymore. Like the conversations might not be, you know, they're just too dribble you know it's like mm -hmm. we're we just talking about the weather <laughs> so and then once you figure out that to to wield this perspective in a way that you can manage it then you become the hangman and you're still upside down but you have that enlightenment and you know honestly i was going to throw in the card that we're going to talk about next week which is the death card um because i think after that it's one of those like okay now i can move on to kind of having this opportunity to learn something new like mm -hmm. one of the quotes that we talked about a few weeks ago about the pyramid and how each level there's fewer and fewer people um, mm -hmm. because you're gaining more and more knowledge. Um, but anyway, I digress. Let's move into if this came up in a love reading, what would you think? I would say that it's 
you're probably going to fall in love with a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What did Who you say? Who doesn't? <laughs> um, all right. I said this would be taking a step back from your relationships. Um, and if you are um, if you are in a relationship, then taking a step back to look and focus on yourself and see what, what it is you want, what it is you need, where things are going. And then if you're single, I said this would be draw, getting attention from people that you actually could be in a successful relationship with because you're not looking to be in a relationship. It would be um, you are enjoying being single. You are a full person in terms of well-rounded. You're not going out looking like I need to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner or something like that. And then you're going to draw the attention then of those people because they're going to be like, oh, look at that person. They've got all their shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I think it. I can add to that by saying it's important to be on display as the person you are all the time. Just be yourself. He's enlightened. He's hanging upside down. He doesn't care if he's on display. He's being himself. And that's, if you're single, that's the best way to attract somebody, um, you know, that you could build something with. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, I mean, I guess. I don't know because I'm yeah. single, but <laughs> I've heard <laughs> No, but I think that there is something so attractive to that because if you go out and you're desperate, you're just going to attract somebody that either is equally as desperate, I think, or you're going to attract somebody who's going to manipulate your perspective and your lot in life and where you are then and take advantage of it and kind of, and I don't want to necessarily say like that's going to put you into like an abusive relationship, but it's going to put you in a spot where you're not going to be necessarily fully taken care of in the way that you might need because you're so desperate and I think that that word desperate a lot of times is so negative, but you're so looking for that type of interaction and attention that you'll take it from anyone as opposed to just being thoughtful and um, like picky about who you're looking for. Yeah. And, and that could be a symptom of if you want to get a little a level deeper, it's you, it, you can have insecurities because so everybody has insecurities, but you can just be you can let your insecurities rule you and you could let the voices in your head rule you. So you could think to yourself that I'm not worth it. So you're going to find somebody who you also see has flaws because then you're like, all right, well, I had these flaws and then they have those flaws. So that's fine. And you think it's like some kind of, um, you know, mathematical equation, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I think the better way to approach it if you could would be to get to the bottom of those insecurities and find out why you feel the way you do about yourself and a lot of times you just realize it's like these voices in your head from when you're growing up you just internalize these voices and that's what you live by um so if you can let go of that i think you find that you could find something that you're like you said then you could start to be yourself and you don't have to worry about these insecurities and you could attract somebody that likes you for you, I guess. Because like I said, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> I just love saying that because <laughs> it's hilarious. No, I, I, you know, because I, I like to give out advice, but I, I like to speak for my own. Um, I feel it's much better to use your own example. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to if this came up in a career reading. If this came up in a career reading... I would say this is representing that you're definitely doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it always depends, obviously, on the question that the person has. But I would say that you're at a, a point where you figured it out and you're you're doing it right. But you just have to remember that it's a balance and that it could go any way. You know, it's like a really light touch. 
That's so funny because I literally said the exact opposite. I said yeah. that this would be wanting more job satisfaction. Um, and But knowing that it's not necessarily time for you to move on to something different, trying to look at where you are at from a different point of view and saying, like, what can I do to take advantage of the situation that I'm in right now? And I'm not talking about, like, stealing office supplies or anything like that. I'm talking about, like, what, <laughs> what about kind of – toilet paper? <laughs> yeah, or batteries. <laughs> batteries, yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. All right. Um, I said, um, knowing it's not time to make a change, but seeing like, what can you, what can you learn and get from the job that you're currently in to get you ready to move on to something different? And then Mm -hmm. if I had to identify this as a specific type of job, um, since it is looking at things from a different perspective or looking at things from a different point of view or something like that, I said it would be psychology. So like a psychologist or a psychiatrist, or it would be um, a job in pharmaceuticals. Or a drug dealer. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's getting those people. Ah, he's getting them hooked on that right. tea, whatever that tea is. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, I have nothing else to talk about with the hangman. Is there any final comments you want to make there? No, that sounds great. All right, perfect. So let's move on to, we are looking at a different deck now. Um, it's just a different interpretation of the two cards that we've talked about. So we're going to be looking at the Prince of Cups and the Hanged Man, but Brandon is the one that normally guides this part of the conversation because he does the description. All right, so today we're talking about, with the Thoth deck, we're going to be talking about the Prince of Cups, and I'll get into describing that right now. The Prince of Cups is, it has a figure in the center, looks like, he looks really Egyptian, but we'll get into that after, and he's looks like he's riding an eagle, and there's two lines going like a bridle in the eagle's mouth like a horse going to his left hand in that left same left hand he has a cup with a snake in it and then on his head it looks like he has a helmet with a, another eagle on it and in his right hand he has some kind of orb with a bunch of balls kind of facing down <laughs> underneath the eagle it looks like he's flying over some water that's pretty still and then it looks like there's tentacles or some kind of mist or clouds or puffs of smoke emanating from his back uh what do you think did i, miss I think that for me this card seems so unlike the other court cards from this deck it just feels not part of it i the other ones have these with, with the exception of the water at the bottom of the card they all have like some kind of water influence here and i don't feel that i just feel because of the the eagles and the snake i'm just i'm kind of thrown there are aspects of it because I would look at what he's sitting on. It kind of reminds me of like a shell, um, like the swirl part of the top of like a seashell and like the kind of curls of smoke or whatever is coming off of him as potentially being more like emotional and tying into the water reflection at the bottom. But the eagles are totally throwing me and the snake is totally throwing me. Yeah, the eagles. Um, I guess we can get into that. I, I see what you're saying, though. It definitely doesn't fit in. To what you would think, but let's uh, get into what we think it means. Yeah, what do you think We're, it means? I think that it represents similar to the way that the King of Cups was out of the water and was he was so it similar it symbolizes riding above those emotions like he's mastered them in a way so he's not repressing them and he's not trying to hide them but he's also not letting them control his life. 
He's even keeled, flying right above him. But it's still like a balance. You see how he's kind of like sitting but standing? It looks like he mm-hmm. could be surfing. So it definitely is a balance, but it represents him in the mastery over those emotions. Okay. I can see that. I just maybe think that there would have been a better interpretation for a different animal. I don't know. Just the, because I, I don't know how that relates really to the suit of cups. Well, I think because it, the eagle can symbolize that either royal or masculine energy. Mm-hmm. So he has mastered it. Instead of letting it be negative in his life and letting it ruin his life because of like anger issues and road rage, he's using it in a positive way. So even say if it's anger, right? We can use it to represent anger. Sometimes anger can be used in a positive way. Sometimes in your life, there's things that are going wrong and you need to address them. Or somebody could be overstepping boundaries and you can use the anger. And I think we talked about this last time. Uh, if you want to reference the the story where Jesus overturned all the tables in the temple because the people were like ripping people off or whatever it was, the merchants were screwing people over. So he used his righteous anger. So that could also symbolize that, using it in a positive way. But being directed of not letting it be out of control. Controlling mm-hmm. it, but using it um, as a force for good. All right. All right, I'm buying that, I guess. <laughs> I'll take uh, a pound of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on the snake? I think the snake represents the... It's always... Because the snake was considered the lowest earthly creature because it Mm -hmm. was on its belly, so it was a great representation of the earth. Um, It could represent the earthly qualities that are coming out of the cup and the balance between the cup and the earth and the water and the earth. That could be one. It could also, in the same way, represent that self-mastery because the snake is rising out of the cup. Yep. So it could just represent the that same force, but just in, a, in another positive way. And I said that for me, just looking at it, um, for, I identified the snake as more of a masculine um, figure, and mm-hmm. it's in the cup to give that good balance of masculine and feminine. There you go. Maybe he's drinking some snake wine. Oh, you know what it is? He's selling snake oil. Mm-hmm. Door to door on his eagle. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um, and I did just want to draw attention to what you said was in his right hand. Mm-hmm. For me, looking at it, it it just looked like a flower. Like I would liken that to like a peony, which is my favorite flower. Um, so there's lots of um, petals there, and it looks like he just kind of plucked it. And um, again, for me, that just gives, I think, because of how we've been trained and things have been ingrained in our head, that gives me more of a concept of like feminine energy and life and nature. Um, and so the fact that he has that, uh, but, but then he's pointing it down. So I, I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts are there. It could just symbolize that it's the, okay. Again, so it's that balance between the scepter and the cup that we saw mm-hmm. with the King. So just because he's pointing it down, it doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. It, I think for this, I kind of like that it's pointing down because it seems more like a phallus now. You know, like you could see the point sticking up. So if you think right. it could be like represent the penis with the testicles where like the testicles are where the sperm comes from. I know. It, so that's where the energy comes from and it comes and shoots through the wand. I mean, I know that's 
Uh, but that's what they could have. He could have been symbolizing in that in that way, like the eggs, because they kind of look like eggs. Oh yeah, uh huh. So, and and so that's the way that it comes forth, the masculine way, and then the feminine way with the cup, it comes forth in the the form of the serpent. I so. wish that the cup maybe was pointing a like a little bit higher upwards, and then you would have had a nice balance there of the up and down. All right, well, I'll email them and see what they yeah. say. <laughs> Can you do this? Because um, we want it. Um, all right, did you have any other thoughts on this card? No, I think that's good for now. All right, cool. Let's move on to the next one because I feel like there's a lot to talk about here. We're going to get yeah. like, real, real religious. Yeah, this one's this one's pretty good. So this is the Hanged Man in the mm-hmm. Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. And you can see that again by going to our Instagram at Terrible. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. Go to our Instagram at Terrible2. It's T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two, on Instagram. And you'll see a picture of this lovely hanged man. So I'm going to mm-hmm. start at the top. It looks like an ankh, which is upside down, which an ankh is just the bottom of a cross, and the top has a loop. It's a very uh, it's seen everywhere in Egypt. And then this guy's foot is... It looks like it's wrapped up with a snake in the bottom of this ankh. Mm-hmm. And then he's in a similar position to our other hanged man, but it looks like it's just a little more extreme. Oh, and, and his arms, I'm sorry, are spread out. They're not behind his back. They're spread out. And his feet, or one of his, his I'm sorry, his right foot is nailed to a ball. And then his hands are also spread out and nailed to a ball. And he's spread out like the Y, like he's doing the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And then under his head, there are several lines protruding down to a half of a, looks like half of an oval. And so it looks like the line and the half of an oval make a diamond. And in the top part of that diamond, which is the bottom of the card, it looks like there's a snake, but some kind of like interdimensional crazy looking thing. And then there's a half of a circle coming emanating from his head. And it looks like it could be water in there or something blue. And behind him, there's just... Um, a checkerboard wall and it looks like there's some kind of sun at the top of the card. It's green and it's emanating uh, rays. I think that's about mm-hmm. it. I, um, okay. So I, I don't even know where do we want to jump in here? Let's start with the Ankh. All right. What were your thoughts? The Ankh is symbolizes in Egypt. It kind of symbolizes the, the knowledge and the, um, the top part of it is half of a infinity symbol. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that gaining knowledge and it just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. But it could okay. be like spiritual knowledge or whatever. But it's upside down and it's holding him. So it's that knowledge that is the base of what he's doing. So it looks like it's, to me, like it's self-imposed at the beginning. Yes, and whereas the other one looked tied up, this almost reminded me of, you're right, it's self-imposed, like he put his foot there to like hold on. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is a great place for me to just put put my foot and, and grab onto something and just hang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the tie-in to like spirituality, and I think it gives more of that idea of like enlightenment or knowledge. Um, but for me, then it also really ties back into that religious aspect, which we'll get into, I think, with the, the other parts of the card. Yeah, so let's go to his foot and his hands being nailed. What do you think about that? Okay, so uh, at first I was a little confused about the hand part of it because to me they don't necessarily look like nails. Um, but if you think about you know, the story of the crucifixion uh, of Jesus, he had his hands and feet nailed to the cross. 
So he did have these three nails there. What I did love about this card is whereas the foot just kind of looks placed on this circle and nailed in there, like this is a permanent spot it needs to be. Um, I mean, the hands are the same. If you're nailing something, it's like this. I'm trying to keep it here. The fingers are sprawled. So mm -hmm. it kind of looks like when I think of like sprawling fingers, I think of like trying to grab something or like being open to, to something. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like he's open to this perspective and gaining this knowledge, even though he's being like brutally wounded by being nailed to these positions. Mm -hmm. I like that because what I was saying before, how he was, looks like a choice. So this could represent a choice that he made. So say it's some kind of knowledge or perspective, like we talked about before, he could have chose to like Neo in the matrix, take the red pill. Mm -hmm. And once he did, he came onto this totally different plane. So he's now he's, he still has his foot in the knowledge, like that emanating light or whatever it was before. So he's, grounded i would say or he's still in that other realm but most of him is has this other view now and he's upside down and i love how he's nailed to these green balls because they can represent the truth in just the way it has to be so now that he has this perspective it's just something that he can't unknow he can't unlearn he's just nailed to it but it is it's the truth and like you said he's open to it and he's absorbing it but it's it, it's like totally taking up his whole life so whatever it is, it's like a pursuit, and he's just sucking it all in. He's absorbing the energy. Think about, like, if he was absorbing the energy of the sun, you would probably stand in the same pose, like the yoga pose, you know, the mountain pose, but the hands are down, mm -hmm. but you still have them open. So similar, similar to that. And I also feel like looking at it, you could almost see, like, what looks potentially like one of those green balls behind his head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like symbolizing that enlightenment. Yes, Absolutely. And especially because those rays are emanating from his head also. Yeah, let's so let's talk about that. I said that was like, again, gaining this new knowledge, looking at things from a totally different perspective of seeing all of these different points of view or these different viewpoints and, and um, gaining that knowledge because of where you were at, like the way that you were able to kind of reposition yourself in life. Mm-hmm. And I love how there's two serpents there, the one emanating from his head and the one on his foot. So the one on his foot, if we talked about the journey in the beginning, whatever this could represent in his life, it could represent how he viewed it when he first mm -hmm. started. And then now at the end, he has a totally different view of a serpent. It looks like he's looking at it in this interdimensional way. So maybe this is the knowledge. Maybe the snake was the knowledge that binded him to this. And now he has a different understanding of the way he has to use it and the way he has to express it to the world because he has his hands up. And that can also mean like he's yelling and he's like, Hey, trying to get everyone's attention. So he's expressing this knowledge, but he's doing it in a way, you know, a totally different way than he even thought he would be doing it. Mm -hmm. And they also just wanted to draw attention. I totally agree with you about at the top where you said it looks like a sun or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in, um, in Christian theology, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, when he actually died, they said there was like this moment of darkness. So all of the light kind of went away, whether or not that was like some kind of solstice moment or, um, or, I mean, or, like, or like um, an eclipse. Yeah. An eclipse. But what I think is so interesting in this is that there, it, it looks the exact opposite. It looks like he's hanging there and it's so bright and light. Yeah. I like that. I also like how I just noticed the way his legs are positioned in a cross, but they're also in the middle of a square. So it's a square being crossed 
in the mm-hmm. middle, dividing it into four other equal parts. But then his leg is chopping one of those equal parts into two triangles. So, yes. yeah, it's just, yeah, it, there's a lot there with the sim- symbolism as far as the square and, and cutting up the square and the knowledge and everything. So I love that. This card is, I mean, I could just look at it for hours. <laughs> crazy yeah and I felt such a connection when I looked at this Mm -hmm. um and maybe it's just because of like my religious upbringing whereas the other hanged man card I didn't necessarily feel that Mm -hmm. yeah I could see that but I mean I've got nothing else here to say about this card I don't think um the only other thing I could say is maybe the net it looks like it could be a net that he's caught in like a spider web and anytime I think nets and religions I think of the net of Indra in Hinduism, and I think I might have spoken about it before, but it it just symbolizes karma in a way of it could be like a web, so or a net. The way it it works is if you can get your light in that part of the net to shine to turn on, then you could serve as a beacon to other people to turn on their lights, and then everybody can turn on their lights and let it shine. And that's mm-hmm. what's going on here. So yeah, be that positive that. influence if you can. I think it's the yes. best way if you ever want to try to change someone's perspective or give them advice instead of directly just telling them it's sometimes you just have to be that example for them. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. So before we end, let's just quickly talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the queen of cups. Yes. Yes. And the death card. Yes. And that's another one where it's like, if it comes up in a reading again, if I was younger, the first time I looked at it, it's like, Oh shit. Why? I don't want this to come up because I think there's this misconception, especially with the skeletal figure, that it's going to be something bad. But I love kind of the way we're going into all of these cards to kind of show that they are very positive. You know, every card can have a positive and a negative. Yeah, and a reverse meaning. And, you know, that's something we can end on, the reverse meaning of the hangman in either of these cards. Because, so since the hangman is upside down, if it comes reversed, then it's right side up. So it could be somebody who's looking at the world in the wrong way so maybe you have to change your perspective it could you know there's so many different things it could be and that's just another way to highlight how reverse doesn't actually mean negative it just means reversed right absolutely all right guys thanks for listening to the terrible podcast go to comedylol.com if you want to check out more or if you'd like to donate or our amazon link is there as well and until next time say something funny ashley Oh, shoot. I don't have something funny. I don't have something funny. (laughs) Woo. Bye. Comedy LOL Podcast Network. I think there's something so powerful about that because it does talk about how, you know, each of those ah, deaths. Ah, shit. Everyone... I wasn't recording. Fuck. I'm so Aw, bad. man. Oh man. That's all right. I screwed up when I was talking anyway, so. <laughs>